Okay, good morning, Shabbat Tov. Today's daf is daf Chof Hey. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Yaakov Ben Azriel. May his neshama have an aliyah and may his memory be a blessing. Um, um, and for a first time of Pinchas Kalman Ben Rivka, may, he's, may he have a complete and speedy recovery. Okay, so I wasn't sure exactly where to go from because it dives right into the middle of the sugya. So I think we are going to go from a bit higher up on Chof Dalet Amud Bay's 24B, but we'll do it quite quickly. The Gemara asked a question. It says, that, well, the Gemara has been discussing up to here, um, how does someone prove that they're a Kohen? What's considered valid proof that they're a Kohen? If they eat truma, if they... Uh, um, what else have we seen? We've seen a few of them. If they truma, is that a good proof? Maybe, and and also interesting enough, how we whether we treat that as a good proof that they're a kohen, either that they can serve in the base hamidrash. That's the highest level of kohuna. You have to have the most clear lineage and proof of your yichus to serve in the base hamidrash. Um, so if let's say you hold that someone who's seen eating truma can serve in the base hamidrash. Then you'll say, then you'll be very strict with who can eat truma. It works both ways. If you hold that someone, just because you have witnesses or have spotted or someone in his family have been eating truma for many years, if you hold that is not enough to elevate him to be allowed to serve in the base of Migdash, that's not uh, sufficient proof. Then, uh, um, then obviously you wouldn't have to be as strict with who you allow to eat truma. You would still I mean. Truma we would still be quite strict with because, remember, a non-Kohen who eats Truma is high Misibidei Shemayim. So it's not a, treated lightly, but obviously it wouldn't have the same stringency. So the Gemara asks, what about the Kohen who's seen Duchenim? Nesias Kapayim. He, on, uh, I mean, in Chutz uh, Aret we only do it on Yom Tov. Remember in Eretz Yisrael, and, I have a, and I'm, I'm not sure how long, I'm, I'm not sure when it started that we only do it once. Uh, a few times a year, but in, uh, it's supposed to be done every single day, and in Israel it would be done every day. So if you see someone, they have proof that they did Nasias Kapayim, is that a good proof or not? And then the Gemara discuss, analyzed the question from a little bit, and then if you go, it's about two-thirds down the page, says, Omar Lei, Rav Nachem by Yitzhak Lerova, Malu Halois Menasias Kapayim Liuchsin. So Rav Nachem by Yitzhak said to so what is the halach at the end of the day? Can a, if you have proof of someone's been duchenin, is that a good enough proof that they're a kohen to serve in the Beis Hamidash? So Omar Lei said to him, Plukse the Rav Chisda Ravina, it's a machloikis between Rav Chisda and Ravina. So Hilchus Amai says, okay, I know it's a machloikis, but what's the halacha? No famous answer, you ask a rabbi, can I do this or what's the halach? He says, no, it's a machlokas, it's a discussion. He says, but I need to know, what is it? So he says, anisa yadana, I have a, mish, a brisa that could maybe help us resolve this question. Tanya says, we see how great a chazaka is. Just remember this phrasing of how great a chazaka is and assume status. Now this is discussing when the Jews went up from Babel to Eretz Yisrael, who could they treat as Kohanim? Who, who had reliable lineage? So he says, So there were these three families, the Bnei Chavia, Bnei Hakutz, Bnei Barzilai, who had taken, now the Bnei Barzilai, they had taken daughters from the family of Barzilai, Giladi, Vayikro al Shemom, and they called by that name, I by their mother's family's name. Ela bichu kizvom hamisi hamisi achim 
they, we wanted to look for their birth certificate, their proof of kahuna, and they didn't have it. So they um, disqualified them from being kohanim. As this is carrying on in Ezra, it says, And Hatir Shosa said, that is Nechemia ben Chakalia, um, you will not be able to eat you will not be able to eat sacrificial meat until you until we get the Urim Vatumim I form of prophet, remember the Urim Vatumim is the breastplate and it lights up in Giznavua you're not going to be able to eat until we can get the Urim Vatumim why? and verify that you're Kohanim so again, you're, you saying that you're Kohanim is not sufficient um and uh, and because you don't have your certificate of kuhuna, verifying your family lineage. So Omar, remember that from Babel they were also especially suspicious because a lot of them were marrying, were intermarrying. So even if you had a kohen whose father was a kohen, whose father was a kohen, going back to Pinchas and Aaron kohen, if they were marrying non-Jewish women, their children would be well not Jewish or at at at, at, at I don't know what's best or worst. They'd either be non-Jewish or or uh, Chalolim, or if they were not marrying converts. So that's why just because the father's a kind, it's not necessarily good enough for the son. Um, okay, but he's not going to say, So, Omar Ahem, Harei Atem Bechez Kasam. B'mahi Yisim Oyslim. So, the Gemara explains. Rabbi Yossi explains. Hatishasa, who he said was Nechemia, was saying to them, Harei Atem Bechez Kasam, B'mahi Yisim Oyslim Begoyla. He says, what did you used to eat in Golos? I truma. Well then, so to in Eretz Yisrael, we can only allow you to eat truma. Now, if you had the Havamine, if you thought that it's, that the halacha is, you see a kohen who did duchanin, can, that's a good enough proof that he's a good kohen to be, uh, to serve in the base Amigdash, to eat kodshay kodshim, honey, kiven de parsiyodayu, well, then these Kohanim who are doing this Yizkapayim in Chutzaret could come along and be elevated to eat Kodshay Kodshim. So, so what, what are we saying? By the fact that the Rebbe Yossi brings this case where he says, look, we have no good proof and we can only rely on what you did in Babel, so you can continue doing that in Eretz Yisrael. You did eat Truma in Babel, you can continue to eat Truma in Eretz Yisrael. But you never ate sacrificial meat. You weren't involved with sacrificial meat. Therefore, we can't allow you to eat sacrificial meat in Eretz Yisrael. We need better proof that you're actually Kohanim. Now, if that's the case, what are we saying? These Kohanim must be, just because a Kohen does Nasir's Kopayim, it's not good enough proof that he's a proper Kohen who can um, eat in the eat in the base Amigdash. I should have yeah, pointed out earlier, it's a negative commandment for a non-Kohen. Uh, a non-Kohen doing Nasir's Kopayim transgresses a positive commandment. The commandment is for Kohanim to do Nasir's Kopayim, uh, Duchen, but, and for a non-Kohen, would, he would transgress a positive commandment. But again, it's not good enough proof, otherwise they did do Nasir's Kopayim. So the Gemara answers, no, generally maybe, or maybe in Eretz Yisrael back in the day, Doing the Sius Kapaim would have been considered a good proof. Shiny Hacha, but here's different. Because their Chazaka has been weakened. Why is their Chazaka being weakened? So Rashi explains. Um, and because there were all other Kohanim who were eating Kodjami's Bach, and these guys 
were not eating it. I almost, why weren't they eating it? Must be there's something wrong with them. They were, um, that's our rational. Rabbi Nutam gives a different answer, which I think is a little bit easier. But he says because, firstly, they called Bnei Barzillai. They weren't called uh, Bnei Aaron, Bnei Pimchas. They weren't called Cohen or thing. They had a very non-Kohen name, Bnei Barzillai. That's the one weakness to them. And he says, further, they didn't have their certificate of Kohuna. If they had a certificate of Kohuna, so, so those two factors are against assuming that they're good Kohanim. So you're right, maybe in general, a Kohenu Duchens is a good proof. But these Kohanim had these aspects that made it uh, hard to believe that they were Kohanim. Firstly, their surnames, what family they came from. And secondly, um, they didn't have their certificate of Kohuna. And he says, And this, you have to say this because there's an opinion who holds that if if you see Kohanim eat Truma, you can elevate them to say that they can serve in the base of Midrash, they can eat sacrificial meat, well then, these Kohanim, these Bnei Barzillai, were allowed to eat Truma. So you have that concern. So El Elav, Mishum Derech Eskayu, it must be the explanation here why we don't allow these, why these Kohanim Bnei Barzillai were not allowed to, was because their Chazoka was weaker. But wait, then what's... Rabbi Yossi started this whole teaching with Gedolah Chazaka. We see how strong, how powerful, how great a Chazaka is. So if you have a great... Now, now what have we said? They were allowed to eat Truma in Babel. So now they're allowed to eat Truma in Eretz Israel. That's not telling me how great a Chazaka is. That's just saying, okay, we follow Chazaka. But he seemed to want to bring out that there's an added dimension that Chazaka, add, that Chazaka gives. Says, no, the Chazok is so strong that initially they were allowed to eat Trumad Rabbonin in Golos, in Babel. They were all the, the only proof they had is they were eating Trumad Rabbonin. But now that they've come to Eretz Israel in this proper Trumad they were even allowed to eat that. That's, that's what we mean, how strong the Chazok is. It's saying that we take their chazok of eating truma to the next step, that not only truma drabot and even truma doraisa. The Ebois Aima, another possibility, um, the Gemara is giving an alternative reason why, because, again, we, we, at the bottom of the previous page, we pointed out, wait, if you allow them to eat truma, there's an opinion that says those who can eat truma can eat truma, can serve in the base of Midash. It's a good enough proof. So we've just given... One example, that no, they were only allowed to, um, that they had Reich uh, Now we give a different answer. He says, You could even say, no, actually, all um, Nehemia allowed them to eat. They ate Truma Drabonin, and now they're only allowed to eat Truma Drabonin. And this, that they would elevate Kohanim, or people who ate Truma, to say that they are Kohanim who can serve in the Beis Amikash, that's only if they were known to eat Truma Doraisa. But Truma Drabonin, Loi Maskinan, but if someone eats Truma Drabonin, we are not as strict. Rashi's definition of Truma Doraisa and Drabonin is very easy, because he holds you only have in Truma Doraisa on... Um, yeah, I should have just emphasized, in Bavel, in Chutzar, it says never Truma Doraisa. However, when you come into Eretz Yisrael, and then the land belongs 
Jewish people, what you plant there could be um, Truma Daraisa. And therefore we have, so I'd say, um, yeah. And what is in Eretz Yisrael, the only Truma Daraisa is, according to Rashi, is Dagon Sirosh for Yitzar, a grain, olive oil, and wine. That's what you have to separate. All other things that you separate on, uh, on fruit and vegetables, all these things that you separate fruit, Truma on his only Midrabonim. So, if the Kohen was the sort of Kohen who, was, who had only been allowed to eat Truma de Midrabonim, no one would elevate him to say, oh, you ate Truma de Rabbonin, you can eat. You can serve in the Beit HaMidash. It was only those Kohanim who had, uh, who had previously been eating Truma de Oraisa. It says, but then, oh, so then what's so great and special about the Chazaka. So before we see the answer inside, I'll say it outside. There's a great worry here. We're getting quite uh, finicky. You know, those people that eat truma, but it's only truma drabonin, they can't be elevated to serve. You can't say, oh, that's good proof. They can serve in the base of Midash. And those Kohanim who are eating proper truma can serve to eat in the base of Midash. There's a huge chance that if you're elevating people who are eating truma, Doraisa, to serve in the base of Midash, you might come to elevate those who are eating Trumad Midrabonin, because it's quite hard to distinguish. You also have the concern that those who are eating Trumad Midrabonin might start to eat Trumad Midrabonin. They'll be like, well, my whole life I've been eating Truma. Why are you now telling me what Truma I can or can't eat? So there is a lot. So there's, a, there's good ground to say that anyone, no one who eats, either anyone who eats Truma can be elevated, or anyone who, or Sorry, anyone who eats any type of truma can be elevated. That's a good, or that you shouldn't allow these um, doubtful kohanim to eat truma, any type of truma. There's good reason for Ella. My So what is the greatness of chazaka? Even though there's good grounds to make exera, that we do not allow these doubtful kohanim to eat even truma drabonan, because you might get confused with truma draisa. Loi we don't make such exera. Um, Rashi, if I understand Rashi correctly, he adds in a point, he says, okay, so why do we allow them? We allow them in Golos to eat Trumadrabonin, and now we're going to allow them to eat Trumadrabonin in Eretz Israel. We should have a little, we should worry about all these concerns that they're going to start eating Trumadrabonin, etc. Um, so, so no, Gadoyla Chazoka is because it's this that they only ate Trumadrabonin in Golos is not such an indictment on their status, because that's all available. You know, if you have someone who has the option in front of him of Trumadoraisa Trumadarabonin, and we know he only ever ate Trumadarabonin, okay, that's a weakness in his proof of a Kohen. Why did you never eat Trumadoraisa? But in Golos, they never had Trumadoraisa. So this, that he only ever ate Trumadarabonin, is not really a weakness, it's just what was available. Okay, over Trumadoraisa la'achul, did they, were they not allowed to eat Truma Doraisa, these B'nai Barzila? It says specifically that they weren't allowed to eat from the Kodesh HaKadoshim, from sacrificial meat, implying that Truma Doraisa, they would eat. So now, Hachika Omer, no, Loi B'midi the Ikri Kodesh, basically he's going to say that this Kodesh HaKadoshim, is not like we initially thought it's referring to sacrifice, it's referring to two 
things that are called Kodesh. What? First thing that's called Kodesh, this as it's written, any non-Kohen is not allowed to eat Kodesh. Ah, that's referring to Truma. And neither things that are called Kodshim. Kohen who marries a non-Kohen. He, but Trumas HaKodshim, she's not allowed to eat Trumas HaKodshim. What's Trumas HaKodshim? So, Omar Mar explained, but Moira Min HaKodshim, what's separated from the sacrifices. Kohanim were allowed to separate, um, they would get every Shlomim that was offered in the base of Minash, they would get the Chazavah's shot, the chest and the so they were so they, and they were allowed to take that home and share it with their family. A Baskoin who marries Israel is no longer allowed to eat that. But why we bring that Pasuk? To you see that it's referred to as Kodshim. So he said so so what the Pasuk was actually saying it wasn't saying that these Bnei Barzilai were not good enough Kohanim to eat Kodshim, but they could eat Kodshim, Kodshim, sacrificial meat, but they could eat Truma, even Doraisa, or it's come to say that they weren't allowed to eat things called Kodesh or Kodshim. Not Kodshay Kodshim as in one thing, but Kodesh or Kodshim. Kodesh is referring to Truma, and Kodshim is even the lightest sacrificial meat they weren't allowed to eat. Um, okay, so we're still back to our... Remember, we started off today's daf with the question, if you know that Kohanim do, if you know someone does Nesir's Kapayim, is that a good enough proof that he's a Kohen to allow him to serve in the base of Midash? So far, we try to bring a proof from this Bryce of Rebbe Yossi, and we've shown that it's not a... Good proof. Um, again, at, at first it seemed like a good proof because it seemed to be saying that... Um, sorry, at first it seemed like a not a good proof because we were saying that these Kohanim in Babel could not eat Kodshim when they went up to... These Bnei Barzillai could not eat Kodshim when they went up to... Um, er, uh, when they went up in the time of Ezra. implying that even though they did Nasir's Kapayim, it's not good enough for them to be allowed to serve in the base of Midash. And then we said no, because they were weaker. For, and we gave two reasons why they were weaker. That, um, the, 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 you know, why they're, why our assumption of them. But maybe in general it is good enough. So Toshma, so now we're going to try to prove that we are Malim Messias Kapayim Le I mean, yeah, okay, we'll discuss it before when we get on page. Like how we view it nowadays. It's Chazokala Kuhuna. The state, Messias Kapayim Babavel. Someone to have the status as Kohanim, we're going to give a few options how someone can have this chazokala kuhuna, this chazokala that they are kohanim. One is Nesir's Kapayim Babel, someone who does Nesir's Kapayim in Babel, Machilis Chala Basuria, someone who eats Chala in the land called Surya. Nechiluk Matono is Bekrochim, and someone who collects the gifts in major cities. Now, before we discuss each of those, let's just look. Remember, the one was someone who does Nesir's Kapayim in Babel has a chazok of being a kohen. It says, nesiyaz My love, le-yuchzin. it must be saying that someone who does nesiyaz kapayim can serve in the base of Middash. What are we elevated? We're saying, we need proof that you're a kohen. Why do we need proof that he's a kohen? And that he says, well, look, me and my family have always been doing nesiyaz kapayim. They always let me do nesiyaz kapayim in shul. So why do we need that proof? It must be to allow him to serve in the base of Middash. Le-yuchzin. So he says, Lola Truma. No, he's only, allow, he's only allowed to do that for Truma. I, this, 
that it's a good proof that he's a Kohen, it's not good enough to allow him to serve in the base of Midrash, but it's good enough to allow him to eat Truma. Now, just before we go further, we are going to challenge this, but just to get the, all the points clear in that price. So, in Bavel, they wouldn't have had any other proof of someone being a Kohen. It wasn't Truma. We don't, I mean, you've never heard of Truma in uh, South Africa, unless it's on imported food from Israel, but we don't have Truma. So, um, in Chutz Aris, there's no question of Truma and things like that, so there wouldn't be that proof. Um, don't remember why not. But Surya was an interesting case. Surya was um, a land also known as Aram Tsova. I'm trying to think nowadays, what do we call Aram Tsova? Maybe it is Surya. But Surya is Aram Tsova. I always forget what Aram Tsova is. But that's um, a land near Eretzishol, which David HaMelech conquered. Now, there's a discussion. We're going to see what's the status of Aram Tsova. Is it the status of Eretzishol proper by the fact that David HaMelech conquered it? Or is it considered, no, it's one of David, it was a thing David HaMelech did, but not as part of B'nai Israel, not as like a Jewish holy war. Um, but it, so it wasn't the whole of B'nai Israel, it was more like a David uh, act, and therefore it's not part of Eretz Israel. So that's the, the question of Surya. Our Tana seems to hold that, um, that it is part of Eretz Yisrael. We're going to see interesting because the next price that we bring is going to hold that as go like the opinion that it's not part of, it's not proper Eretz Yisrael. But either way, so Chala, remember Chala is what's separated from the first dough. So that's Truma Oraisa, so someone in Surya. And Chiruk Matanos, that is every animal that is shechted, the Zerahim, is it the cave of Zerahim, have to go to the Kohanim. Yeah, the Zerayim and the Lechayim, the cheekbone and the forearm of every animal that shechted has to be given to a Kohen. It's a Matana. Now it's a... So, so Rashi points out, and, and we said in the major cities. Why? Um... Because in the major cities, they have Bote Din, if they had a base Din, who would look into this sort of matter. If someone starts saying, I'm a Kohen, give me the Matonos. Or someone says, I'm a Kohen. It's with the others as well, but primarily that one. Because that's relatively lenient, because you don't, they don't have any Kedusha. They're, they belong to the Kohenim, but they don't have any Kedusha. So the Kohen can give it to you as a gift. He can pass it on. He can say, oh, I have, I'm a, I have rights to go get those. I hand them over to you. Like, they're not very strict that way. But if it's a major city where people might use this to rile and claim, the Basin will look into anyone collecting my tonos to make sure they're kohen. So, so back to what this price is saying. We want to give someone a status of a kohen. What would be good proofs? So if, he, for example, he... And does Nasias Kapayim in Babel. They'll make sure that only people who are proper Kohanim are doing Nasias Kapayim. Or eating Chale in Surya. That's like proper Truma. So that's a good proof for a Kohen. Uh, that it's a Kohen. And then Chiluk Matono, someone in a, in a major city, where again, major cities have a bathed in. These guys are not going to have the chutz, no one's going to have the chutz, but to start collecting Matonos, unless the uh, bathed in will verify him. Um, you might, 
Yeah. So those are good proofs that he's a kohen. So we're going to say, what's, what they're a proof that he's a kohen must be that he can go serve in the base of Midash. And then we say, no, it's a good proof that he can eat truma. says, no, but one of the things is eating chala. Now chala is the same as truma. So it doesn't make sense to say that if he eats chala, that gives us proof that he's a kohen to eat truma. That's like saying if he eats truma, that allows him to eat truma. Because Chala and Truma are basically the same. I mean, they separate in different ways, but they're the same Kedusha. So, so must be, uh, must be when it says that eating Chala is a proof that he's a coin, it is to elevate him to the status. So too, someone who duchens, it should be a good proof that he's a car, that he's a kohen to serve in the base of midash. So Gemaran says, "Law achilas chala gufel truma." When it says he can eat truma, that is coming to say that he can eat truma. Why? Kosovar chala bismana zeb drabanon u truma do oraisa u maskinin me chala drabanon u truma do oraisa. This is of the opinion that chala nowadays is only midrabanon. I know that there aren't, let's say, a majority of Jews living in Eretz Israel, or Eretz Israel doesn't have its Kedusha still. So Chale in Eretz Israel is only Midrabonin, and Truma is Doraisa. So when it says that a Kohen who eats Chala is elevated to eat Truma, that is, a, that is an elevation. It's not like saying someone who eats Truma can eat Truma. It's saying that someone who can only eat Truma Dirabonin, and Chala can eat Truma Doraisa. So we are elevating him from Midrabonon, from treating him as a Kohen and for Midrabonon matters, to treating him as a Kohen for the Orisa matters. Um, so that's a, that's a strong, so that is an elevation. So again, when the, this price starts off and saying, what gives him a good status as a Kohen? I, to allow him, we initially thought, what's giving him a status of a Kohen to serve in the base of Midash? We're saying it's not a good proof, but what's giving him the status of a Kohen to allow him to eat? And this is And like Rav Huna Braid Yeshua switched around to the Rabbonin. We're going to see it some Achloikas, um, whether we've just said that Chale is Chayev Mid Rabbonin and Truma is Doraisa. We're going to see another opinion that switches that around. That's why in, in the next price. So let's go on to the next price. Again, we're trying to prove can someone who does Duchanin. Is that a good enough proof that he's a proper Kohen to serve in the base Hamigdash? So it's Toshma, Chazaka Kahuna. What's considered a Chazaka to give someone the status to serve, to be a Kohen? I, and again, remember how assumption is to serve in the base Hamigdash. So it's Nesias Kapayim, someone who does Nesias Kapayim. The Chiluk Ranas Eretz Yisrael, someone who gets Truma in Eretz Yisrael. I, if he goes to the granaries and he says, Can I, I'm here, I'm a Kohen and I'm here to collect Truma people believe him to be a Kohen and they give him. Or in Surya or Bavel, any place where the messengers for Rosh Chodesh could reach. I remember Rosh Chodesh wasn't a set date, it was based on witnesses, and they'd send out messengers to the outlying Jewish areas. So wherever those, those messengers would travel as far as about 14 days, so that they could be there on Nisan for Pesach or Tishrei for Sukkot, um, but that's as far as I would show. So any of those areas were under good supervision, had good Bote Dinim. So there, um, but giving them Truma is not a good proof. 
Ubavel Kasuria, and Babel is Kasuria. What this confusion, confusing uh, last point basically in uh, summary is saying is that Babel is like Surya. Surya is one of those outlying areas where they Bate Dinim, where the Shluchai Beisdin reached. And these were all places that had good Bate Dinim. So you could rely on someone who was allowed to do something. It was under the auspices of a reliable Beisdin. And therefore, if he was allowed to um, do Nasir's Kapayim, it must be because he's a Kohed. If he was allowed to collect Truma from a granary in Eretz Yisrael, then must be he's a Kohed. Um, all uh, etc. Again, distributing truma not in a Doraisa part of Eretz Israel, like Surya, is no proof because the truma is only not real truma. It's only truma midrabonon at most. So, 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 so what? So, but the main point. Oh, just says Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer Af Alexandria Shel Mitzrayim Berishona Mimnaisha Beizing Fuinsham. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says even um, Alexandria in Egypt initially used to be a good land that you could rely on because it had a basin of wood, it had a proper reliable basin. But that's the main point. It seems Rabbi Shimon Khan is not really arguing with the Abbas, he's just emphasizing what makes it a place where we can rely on a Kohen who does Nasir's Kapayim, etc. and place it as a proper basin. Katani Mias. But we did see the Brisa, Nasir's Kapayim. That Nasir's Kapayim is a Chazok Lakuna. Now my love, it must be to say that we elevate a Kohen who does Nasir's Kapayim that's good enough proof to allow him to serve in the base of Midash. Oh, Dumyudachilukranos Katani. So, lo, sorry, Lot Lechala. It's coming to say he can eat Chala. This that he does, Nasiyaz Kapayim, is not good enough proof to allow him to serve in the base of Midash. That's good enough proof to allow him to eat Chala. It says, oh, Dumyudachilukranos Katani. But it contrasts it with someone who gets truma at the granary. says, Just as someone who's given truma at the granary, it must be that we elevate his status to be a proper coin who can serve in the base Hamidash. Again, if we're reading this b'risa as someone who does X, it's a good proof that they can eat truma, it doesn't make sense to say that someone who gets truma, it's a good proof that they can eat truma. Obviously, someone who receives truma has the status, has the chazoka that they can eat truma. So it must be saying that. But the fact that we say one of the lists in the b'risa is someone who receives truma, it must be saying, must be receiving truma, is a good enough proof that we can allow him, elevate him to serve in the base of Mikdash, Yuchsin. And then it would be saying the same thing with Nesir's Chapaim. The Gemara says, no, lo chilo granos kufa lechala. What it's saying is, someone who does chiluk granios, is allowed to be elevated. Someone who receives truma at the granaries is allowed to be elevated to eat chala. Kosovar he holds truma bizman hazed rabbanon v'chala doraisa. Truma truma nowadays is only midrabbanon and chala is doraisa. So again, this Tana is holding the opposite of the previous brayer. He's holding that chala um, is doraisa and truma is midrabbanon. So when we say that we elevate someone who can, who collects truma, sorry, uh, yeah, we elevate someone who collects truma to being a kohen. What are we saying? We elevate someone who has a chazoka to eat only truma rabbanon to even get chala, which is doraisa. So that's what we elevate. And then it would be the same thing. Someone who does nesias kapayim, we elevate him to be allowed to that's good enough proof that he's a point to allow him to eat truma or chala. But it's not a good enough proof to allow him to 
serve in the base Amigdash. That's the so that would be the hierarchy. Um, it says Umaskinan Shuma Mid Umaskinan Yami Shuma Drabana Shuma Drisa Ushkachinu Ravuna Braid Rav Yeshua Rabbonan. And this is like the case where Ravuna Braid Rav Yeshua came upon found the Rabbonan to Omar Ravuna Braid Rav Yeshua Ushkachinu Rabbonan Braid Rav Ravuna Braid Rav Yeshua says I found the students the Yeshiva Bachrim the Yosviva Kamri they were learning I feel Ulamanda Omar Truma Miz Manazer even according to those who hold Truma nowadays is only Midrabonan, Chala Da'oraisa, Chala is actually Da'oraisa. Shaharei, and now we're going to prove why, why should it make a difference? Why, why should there be a difference between Truma and Chala? We're basically going to come on, gets a little bit tricky, and prove what the requirements are of Jews and Eretz Israel for there, be to, for there to be a Chiyuv Chala, an obligation to Oraisa, to separate part of your dome. Give it to the Kohanim. And what would be the obligation regarding Jews settling in Eretz Israel for the Truma to be Doraisa? Now we're going to tie this back to the conquering of the land. So just to know the orders, Yehoshua, remember after Moshe died, they mourned for 30 days. And then Yehoshua took them across the Jordan into Eretz Israel. So that's when B'nai Israel moved to Eretz Israel. However, then it took another seven years to conquer Eretz Israel. And then another seven years to distribute the land amongst the tribes and their families. So there's two aspects. There's the entering of Eretz Yisrael, but then there's like the settling of Eretz Yisrael when it was like the Jewish land, or specific Jewish land, that happened only 14 years after they entered in. And then what one of the further one of the further aspects that we're going to say, because they were discussing Bismanazeh in the time of the Gomorrah, does Eretz Yisrael keep its Kedusha? When they went up from Babel to Eretz Yisrael to build the second base Amigdash, and Ezra sanctified parts of Eretz Yisrael, was that what we say, Kudsha Lashaisa? Was it a temporary Kedushai up until the destruction of the second temple, up until the Golos? Or was it Laotid um, Lava also sanctification for the future? Our ramification nowadays is. The land of Israel, does it have the special Kedusha that anything growing there would be Kodosh? Or do we say, no, when Ezra sanctified it, it was sanctified for those times while the Beis Hamidash was standing and when the Beis Hamidash destroyed it was lost. So let's tie this all together. So, um, so again, we have this Machloikas. We have these sages, these Rabbon and the Beirav, these Yeshiva students who said that um, Truma Nowadays, Trum is Midrabonan and Chali is Doraisa. And we have uh, Rav Huna, Braid Rav Yeshua. Sorry, other way around. Um, sorry, sorry, it's the other way around. Um, yeah, no, that was wrong. The, the, the Rabbonon of the, the Yeshiva scholars, they would say that Truma Bismana says Rabbonon and Chali is Doraisa. And Rav Yeshua says the other way around. Let's see, he says, why? Chali says, Shaharei. For the seven years that they were conquering Eretz Yisrael and the seven years that they were distributing Eretz Yisrael, they were chayv in chala, they were not chayv in truma. The chiyuv chala, the obligation to separate chala from your dough, fell as soon as Bnei Yisrael entered Eretz Yisrael, as soon as they crossed the Yarday in the Jordan. Um, the chiyuv truma only became chayv as soon as uh, only began Chayav when the land was actually divided up amongst B'nai Yisrael. Um, what do we see? 
that the, and that's when they sanctified Eretz Yisrael, when they split it up amongst the tribe was when Yeshua sanctified it. So we see that the obligation to separate Chala is independent of Eretz Yisrael being Kadosh. It's dependent on Jews being in Eretz Yisrael. It's not dependent on being Kadosh. Whereas Truma is dependent on Eretz Yisrael being Kadosh. Rashi points out, what's the Joshua? Why should Chala be different to Truma? So he says most mitzvahs in the Torah, when we find it speaking about when the Jews go into Eretz Yisrael, it says, Ki tovo, ki aviacha. When you going, when you come into Eretz Yisrael, when I bring you into, when, when, when it happens, I something it's putting it off. Whereas Bachala it just says Bvachem, as you come in. So the different phrase tells us that there's a different requirement. Bachala just you have to be in Eretz Yisrael, doesn't have to have kedusha sa'aretz. Whereas Truma would require kedusha sa'aretz. It seems it's got to do with the language used is Truma zarecha degoncho your grain. Your produce, that's, uh, it's tied to, so I, I wasn't sure if they were saying to you, Benesha, when the land has been distributed amongst you and sanctified, or is Rashi maybe bringing that the Goncho is when it, it has to belong to a specific person, someone whose land that is, but again, that would only be after the selection. Um, so, so that's how this Tana would learn, and therefore, that's how this, these students learned, and therefore they would hold that Chala is independent of Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, nowadays, Chala could be Doraisa, whereas Truma would be Midran Bonin. It's a big discussion in the Poskim how we Paskin in this Machlokis. So let's not get there now, but let's go on. It says, Now this is Rav Huna Braid Rav Yeshua said to them, Says, I learn it the other way around. I'll say, even according to those who hold that Truma is Doraisa, because, again, what would be the reason that Truma is Doraisa? Because when Ezra sanctified Eretz Yisrael, he sanctified it forever. So the land is, still has the special Kedusha that anything that grows in it has the laws of the land of Blinder. But Chale is the Rabbon, and the Tanya is the pot, the Brisa says, when you come into the land. Says, oh, you say when they come into the land, maybe that means that as soon as anyone goes into the land, even two or three spas. I don't want to say two or three, but I mean, we know there were the 12 spas earlier, but that wasn't really going into the land. There was Kalev and Pinchas later on. So I'm not sure why it says two or three. But other way, when there's even maybe when it was just few people went into Eretz Yisrael, when you in plural, True, a chale is dependent on all, if not a majority, of Jews being in Eretz Yisrael. So very interesting. So just because it's fascinating, and it, it, I mean, this machlokes does have practical ramifications, and it's becoming more relevant. This discussion. On the one hand, we look, we say, firstly, when Ezra sanctified Eretz Yisrael, was it sanctified just for a while? There was the second base Hamikdash, or was it sanctified for forever? If you hold it was only sanctified for when there was the base Hamikdash, well, nowadays you go up to Eretz Yisrael. The truma is only midrabbanan because it, the land doesn't have the special level of kedusha. Whereas if you hold like Rav Huna Braid Rav Yeshua, no, Eretz Israel still has its kedusha, and this that you would be obligated to separate truma on the produce or according to Rashi, certain certain produces wine, oil, and grain, then it would actually it would be to Orisa. That's the one machlokes. Second machlokes is what's the obligation of chala. Is Chala just an obligation of Eretz Yisrael? I, 
any dough, basically any dough. I don't know if it's made from produce, any produce in Israel, but dough made or just dough that's made in Eretz Israel, like what happens if it's imported. But either way, let's just say dough made in Eretz Israel, because it's made in Eretz Israel. That's all the pasuk depends on. When you come into Eretz Israel, therefore you would be chayav on chalad or raisa. Or is it like Rav Huna Breder of Shur learned from the Braisa that you only chayav in chala when vachem when all of you come into Eretz Israel, I am majority of Jews. So interesting. Now the number of Jews in Eretz Israel to the number of Jews in Chutz Laaretz is apparently balancing out. I don't know the exact numbers they reckon. Um, and with assimilation and reform and stuff, it probably makes it quite a hard uh, calculation. But theoretically, even if you hold that chala is mitraponon, any year now, any day or year now, it could actually switch to be the Isa if you say that a majority of the Jews are living in Eretz Israel. So that's that's something very interesting and fascinating to think about. Okay, but either way, so v'chiyas kinu Ezra, yeah, when Ezra went up, love kulusolik. Not everyone went up. This is sorry. This is going back on the last point that that when Ezra went up to Eretz Israel, not all the Jews went up with him. Very relatively few Jews went up with him. So Chala would have only been Midrabbanan. Okay. So we're still struggling, and we still don't have a proof of elevating someone from their state, someone who does Nesias Kapayim, to um, allowing him to treat him like a what level of Kohuna does, is that a proof for? So far, all we've managed to say at best is it's a proof that he's allowed to eat truma, but we haven't brought a clear proof that it would allow him to eat kajimai to serve in the base of Mikdash. So Toshma. Come, I'll bring you another proof. Chazoka, what gives someone the Status of being a Kohen, Nesiyah Chapayim, distributing Truma to them in the granary, and testimony. What do you mean, Eidus Chazoki? If you have witnesses that say he's a good Kohen, oh, we know his father and we've seen their family, a family tree and it goes back to Aaron and they're all good Kohanim. We've seen their certificates. Well, what further proof do you need? Eidus isn't Chazoka. Eidus is the best way to prove it. So, Elalab Hachikoma. What's it saying? Nesiyah Chapayim, Ki Eidus. That... A kohen who does Nesias Kapayim is as if he does Eidus. It's as if he's been testified. Ma Eidus Luyuchsin, Af Nesias Kapayim Just as Eidus certifies someone to serve in the base of Migdash, certifies his genealogy, so to Nesias Kapayim also does that. So now this seems like a very strong proof that Nesias Kapayim can allow, is a good proof that he's a proper kohen and he can serve in the base of Migdash. So there's law. Eidus Habomi Chazaka, Chazaka. What it's saying is, Eidus that comes from a Chazaka is. Like a chazaka. I, if the Adim, yeah, it's difficult because Rashi is a little bit tricky. Uh, Rashi's way of learning is, is a little bit tricky, but basically he says if Adim testify that they saw him do Nasir's Kapayim, that is considered a chazaka as if we the based in. I, Adim come before you and say they saw Ruvain. They saw, let's give him a coin's name, they saw Aaron. Do Nesias Kapayim. That gives him a chazok of being a kohen as if the Dayanim themselves, themselves saw him do Nesias Kapayim. That's the chazok we talk about according to Rashi. Why that is a little bit difficult is because we never say the Dayanim relying on Eidos is like 
setting a precedent. We say when the Dayonim rely on Edim, it is what the truth is, almost. Um, so, so, so it doesn't make sense, but, but that's how Rashi learns that Nasias Kapayim, by the, when the Edim testify they saw him to Nasias Kapayim, it's as if the Dayonim saw him to Nasias Kapayim themselves. And he says, Like a case which came before Rebbe Ami. Someone said to Rebbe Ami, I know that this guy is a Kohen. So Amalei Maruiz, how do you know he's a Kohen? So Amalei Shekorarishon Beveis Hamidrash, Beveis Haknesis. He got the first Aliyah in Shul. Who do we give the first Aliyah to in Shul? Look at him. So I saw him there. He says, Shehu Kohen, or Shehu Godol. He says, wait, that's not a necessarily a good proof that he's a Kohen. Maybe the reason they gave him Rishon was because he was the Godol. Remember, Rav, who wasn't a Kohen, he was just the greatest sage in Babel, used to get Rishon. So just because this guy got Rishon doesn't mean he's a Kohen. Maybe he's the greatest Talmud Chokom. He says, no, Levi. they called the Levi after him. Behelu, um, I'll come back to how that's a good proof, but by the fact that they gave Levi after, and Rabbi Ami allowed him to eat Truma. I... Um, so, yeah. So this is. So how does this prove it? Because remember, what happens if there's no kohen in shul? Rashi gives a few answers, but I think let's just keep it simple. What happens if there's no kohen in shul? You're not going to call up a Yisrael and then a Levi. You might sometimes in shul they'll call up a Levi first and then a Yisrael and then. Yisrael's till the end. But if there's no Kohen, you're going to call up a, either a Levi or a Yisrael first. But you're not going to then, if you've called up a Yisrael first for Rishon, you're only going to call up Yisraelim. So by the fact that they called up this guy first, and then they called up the Levi, shows that that first guy who got called up must have been called up not because he was a great Talmud Chochem, but because he was a Kohen. says, oh, that's a good proof. Now, Tosos bring out, this is what it means, Eidus is like a Chazaka. Not like Rashi explains that when Dayonim hears something from the Eidimeters, if they saw it themselves, and that's considered a Chazaka. We never find that language. We never find that Dayonim hearing something gives it a Chazaka. No, Dayonim hearing something from Eidus is a good verification in its own right. It's not giving it the strength of Chazaka. So, so that's why Rashi is difficult. And that's, so, so Tosa say, what, what are we relying on here? We're relying on the Chazoka that this guy is a Levi to give this guy a Chazoka that he's a Kohen. So that's why, that's what it means, Eidus Chazoka is like Chazoka. If you have, if you're relying on another Chazoka to sort of, to give your testimony credibility, that's what we rely on. But either way, this is no proof that, uh, that we allow someone who duchens to, um, the, the price that we brought is no proof that we allow a Kohen Huduchans to, uh, to serve in the base of Migdash, or it does allow him to eat Truma. Again, that's what we've seen. And then, by the way, we touched on this case that, um, that he got called as a Kohen first. Um, Another example, basically very similar example. Someone came before Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, and someone said before Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, I know that this guy is a Levi. You can give him Masarish, and you can give him things that only a Levi could receive. So Maris, how do you know that this guy is a Levi? So they called him up as Shani. No, maybe they called, they didn't give him Levi because he was a. Levi, maybe they gave him Levi because he was the second greatest Talmud Chochem in the shul. 
says, no, Shekharilafon of Kohen. It's where they called a Kohen first. Uh, if you call a Kohen up first, you're not then going to call a Yisrael Talmud Chachum first. The next person you'd call would definitely be a Levi. The Ha'elu Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, the Levi Alpiv, and Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi declared him and that he is a levy. So very similar relying on the Chazok. Uh, there was a person who came before Reish Lakish and he said, I know that so-and-so is a Kohen. That guy's a Kohen. So Amalei Maro is, what did you see to show this? So, so Amalei, Shekhar Rishon Mavaisek Neses. says, he's, no, he got Rishon. He got the first Aliyah in the Shul. says, Amalei Ro'isiv Shechilek Alagranas. Did you ever see them distribute Truma to him at the granaries? I do have stronger proof. So Amalei Rebbe Lezev Im Ein Shom Garen Batla Rebbe says to Reish Lakish, what? you telling me if there are no granaries distributing truma, there's no way to prove that they're a kohen. Okay. Remember, truma is not in every area. We don't worry about truma in South Africa. So what? does no one in South Africa, I mean, I don't want to go into contemporary times how we do it, but are you telling me that no one in South Africa, no one in Babel, no one in any of these places where they didn't distribute truma, has the status of a coin, you must be still able to. Now, Zimnim Havu Yosvi, so that's how that story ended. But Zimnim Havu Yosvi came into Rabbi Yochanan. One time they were sitting, Rach Lokesh and Rabbi Loza were sitting before their Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan. And Kiyasahu Maise, and a very similar story case. Someone said, I know that so and so is a Kohen. And, they, and he said, because I have. Um, I saw him get the first Aliyah. So, Amalei Rach Lokesh, Isab Shechila Kala Goren. Reish Lokish says, have you ever seen him distributed truma by the Goren? says, Omalei, Rabbi Yochanan, im ein shom Goren bat lakuhuna. He says, no, if there's no kohen there, sorry, so Reish Lokish says, but wait, you've never seen him get truma at the granary, so how can that be strong enough? This that he got Rishon in the shul. So Omalei, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, the Rabbi said to Reish Lokish, says, im ein shom Goren bat lakuhuna. What, just because there's no granary, these guys have no way, these kohanim have no way of verifying having a chazoka that they're kohanim. I now, what did Reish Lakish realize? The line that Rabbi Elazar had quoted to him was actually from Rabbi Yochanan. So, Hara Chaziel Rabbi Elazar, Bishas, he looked at him very furiously. You knew this teaching from Barnacha and you didn't say it to me. Uh, he realized that Rabbi L- when Rabbi Elazar corrected Reish Lakish, when he was pasketing and Rabbi Elazar corrected him, that you can't just say because there are no granaries, we can't rely on someone being Kohen. That was actually in the name of the Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan. So Rishlokish was very cross with him. He says, I would have accepted the halach if I knew it was Rabbi Yochanan who said it. When I thought it was you, I didn't take it so seriously, but I knew it was. So you should have said it in Rabbi Yochanan's name. But either way, um, we see that... um, We rely on um, their testimony to, to elevate a Kohen. There's just an interesting discussion nowadays that no one eats truma. How good a proof is that someone gets Rishon as Kohen? Or does Nasir's Kapayim? I mean, we're, we're not going to be as careful to let someone say they're a Kohen and get Rishon because what's the ramification if they're not a Kohen? There's no, no major ramifications. There's no, no one's eating truma. No one's, uh, so someone who say that nowadays it's not a good proof. Others want to say, no, it is a good proof. But there's a big discussion how, what's the status of Kohanim nowadays? Do we assume that they're real Kohanim or do we assume that they're not real Kohanim and for Torah? And it would obviously have ramifications, whether it's a Doraisa or Midra Bonin. Um, you know, they're like, I mean, they're interesting stories of Kohanim uh, trying to, when they get married and they want to, the Bayes didn't want to check what's the family lineage and, well, 
you, your father told you you're, you're a Kohen, but he wasn't religious. So is that a good enough proof? Or, yeah, we know you've got Rishon, but we have nothing more than hearing that you came into town and told us a Kohen, and therefore we gave you Rishon. There's no... What, so what's the status and the strength of the Kuna nowadays? It's an interesting discussion. I was hoping to get further, but I think let's leave it for today and have a Shavuot of.